What's up, Dave? Hey, Greg. What is going on, brother? Uh, it's good to be back with you, man. It's good to be back. Come on, with man. You. you don't write. You don't call. You don't send flowers. I mean, where's the love? Oh, what are you talking about, man? I was keeping you up to date. <laughs> As I could, uh, yes, man. Were. We were busy. Woof. You were a busy guy for the last couple of weeks. Amen. Amen. It was good, though, man. Yeah, I've been getting complaints from people wondering where Medic Monday is. They're like, what the heck happened to your show? I'm I'm Jones in here. I need some Medic Monday. I know, I know. And and like the response is is amazing. Like it, it doesn't matter where I've been, you know, whether I was in Oklahoma or Texas or even California, you know, so many people are loving Medic Monday. Uh yes. Uh, that's I'm I'm just still astounded by the um but by the response people are just loving it they're really digging it yeah it's just and, uh, a couple of buds right just a couple of dudes friends hanging out talking about you know how much winning there is going on <laughs> the level of winning is just like it's outstanding uh yeah we definitely turned a corner yeah on the winning uh scale uh i was very um very amused at, at uh, President Trump's rally here in Phoenix uh, over the weekend. Um, it was it was a good rally, despite the fact that we had torrential rain. We're in the middle of the monsoon season here, so we have had just crazy rain for like four days now, and uh, that that didn't deter tens of thousands of people from showing up uh, down at the rally. The, the theater held five thousand people. There's probably 20,000, 25,000 people out there. Oh, yeah. Did you uh, see Miguel Fornia and Dilly walking around out there? I mean, the line wrapped double it was around crazy. the area. Yeah, uh, Trump is putting uh, his enemies on blast, uh, as he should. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's uh, sufficient levels of panic and terror uh, by the mainstream media and Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and everyone else who's trying to cover up the, 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 the fraud in the election. Uh, I posted a tweet last night from Stephen Richer, who is the current Maricopa County uh, recorder. The recorder's office at the county level is actually responsible for uh, running the election. And so it's the recorder's office at the end of the day is going to end up having a lot of egg on their face and a lot of explaining to do. And even though Richer was not, he was voted in in this last election. He's responsible now for damage control. So he's, he's tweeting out last night. You know what? <clears throat> Let me read you his tweet. Yeah. I posted it on Telegram. Let me get pull it up here. Uh, this is so funny. This is so indicative of how much panic is going on with these audits. This, this is Stephen Richer. 17 out of 30 senators, 14 Democrats plus three Republicans, are now openly 
uh, opposed others in private to the conspiracy theorist led inexperienced partisan internally fractured unprofessional opaque senate audit that has been going on for three months so these guys are throwing as much dirt as they can at the audit here uh, going on in maricopa county uh, shrieking and screaming and trying to discredit the audit because they know that it is going to expose a lot of corruption. So they're doing as much damage control as they can. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors created a fact-checking website to uh, correct the record on all the misinformation coming out of the audit. Of course, all they're doing, again, is lying, obfuscating, and trying to cover up uh, the fraud that they perpetrated over the last couple of elections. Um, so there's, there's serious damage control being done on the part of the people who perpetrated the fraud. And uh, it, Trump was given a lot of love out to Sonny Borelli, uh, Kelly Townsend, and Wendy Rogers, my three favorite state Arizona state senators, who have stood firm in the fire the face of criticism from the mainstream media and their colleagues on the other side of the aisle, um, they are having shown no fear. And uh, the three of them are kind of the driving force behind this audit, I think. So Trump was giving them a lot of love uh, at the rally. I was, I was glad to see that. Wendy Rogers was out there tweeting last night about uh, decertification. She's, you know, like, we need to decertify this election now. We don't need to wait. Yeah. Uh, we already have enough information to decertify the election. People are criticizing for me for my stance, but I'm going to be proven right. So Wendy Rogers is not backing down at all. Yeah, it's good to see. Yeah, and I'm I'm loving it. They're showing a kind of um, integrity and moral courage that the rest of the country needs to show. You know, this is going to come down to in various states in Pennsylvania and Georgia. Michigan and Wisconsin, it's going to come down to a few state senators showing moral courage and being the leaders in their state, in their legislature, who are going to not just launch these audits, but stand up to attacks, attacks from their colleagues, attacks from constituents, attacks from everybody else who's going to try to get them to back down. And we need to have some state senators with a backbone I think our senators here in Arizona are doing a really good job of displaying the kind of attitude people are going to need to, to pull these audits off. Yeah. And thank God for their bravery and being able to stand up. I mean, it's, they're, they're not making it easy on people to do that, but uh, you know, thank God for the, uh, the American people that are standing up. Thank God for all these uh, people that are in uh, positions of power that are, that are doing this. I mean, that's one of the things that I've seen, you know, no matter where we go is like people are fed up with this. They're sick of it. They know that the, that everything's being distorted and twisted and, uh, you know, but then if, at the same time, if you sit back and look, you know, the panic level is just, it's delicious, you know? Yeah. Well, you were on the road for two weeks. So what kind of, uh, what kind of mood are you running into? What kind of things are you seeing? Very optimistic, like, and I would ask people too, do you think we're on the offensive? And absolutely, 100%. People are fired up. They're excited, you know. It's, it's not a, you know, like like we've talked about before, you know, January, February, we were all like a little defeated and deflated. Uh, that American spirit, which is what Mike and I, you know, like when we're going out, I mean, everybody's asking the questions about election fraud and vaccines and all that stuff, right? 
we're trying to get to the heart of the people. So we're asking these questions about like, you know, their crisis of faith moment. We're asking the questions about like where they're getting their strength from. We're asking the questions about like, how do they feel about, you know, all these people that are stepping up and taking back school boards and, and the moms that are out there. Like these two little moms, the mama bears from Iowa, they're amazing. Like just these little mamas that are out there, they stood up and not only did they take it back for their school, but they took it back for their entire state. You know, the mask mandates, you know, the, the level of American spirit out there, whatever they say or what they don't say on, on the news. And I know a lot of us aren't watching the news anyway, but you know, whatever they're saying about the American spirit and, and this, that, and the other thing. I'm telling you, when you go out in these places, even in California, right? My my whole idea of California is completely switched from this trip, right? Because I saw a level of patriotism in California. Dave, it was unexpected to me. So, I, so it's no longer California. I like I'm, I'm from what I saw. No, I saw, actually I live in Florida, right? I mean, thank God for Governor DeSantis in Florida, but I saw a level of patriotism in California. That was just off the charts, man. I saw more American flags, more banners, more, more, uh, more, more verses that were printed out on posters. I mean, it was just amazing. And to be in a crowd of people that were so fired up and 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 so ready to take this thing back, I was. It was unexpected to me. Unexpected. Wow. That's uh, that's very encouraging to hear. I mean, I, I've been seeing social media posts from people over the last six months where you know occasionally you, you get someone from california who says hey i i drove through the downtown la or san francisco and there they saw trump flags trump bumper stickers uh you know there's trump parades out there in california and i've been getting that feeling like california is actually not quite as blue as we've been told <laughs> no no that's good to hear that yeah yeah it, it was amazing it, it was absolutely amazing. You know, the American spirit is alive and well. Yeah, I think it is too. So continuing on the Arizona scene, I, I wanted to just bring people up to date a little bit on what's what, what's going down here in the Arizona Senate with the audit. Yeah, so I'm out of the loop, man. You got to catch up. Yeah. Uh, so Karen Fan did a couple of interviews last week, and and every time she does an interview – she drops some important information if you know how to listen to what she's saying and you know how to read between the lines. So there's a lot of people that are angry at her because um, she's not Wendy Rogers. <laughs> I mean, Wendy Rogers is just out there dropping, you know, nuclear bombs on Twitter about, you know, decertifying the election. And Karen Fan has has been keeping her cards held very close to the vest. She does not appear to be overtly pro-Trump, and that's I think that's one of the things that annoys a lot of people about uh, Karen Fan is she doesn't appear to be a partisan uh, player. She doesn't appear to be pro-Trump. She's not saying the kind of things in her interviews that Trump supporters want to hear. Right. And I found out in this last interview why she is saying the things she's saying and why she is avoiding certain subjects. Because she brought up the fact that in this last interview she did with Western Journal, at the end of the interview, they started talking about the legal ramifications of the audit. 
the interviewer asked her, you know, you're, it sounds like you're expecting a lot of lawsuits. Who's going to be sued? And she said, we're all going to be sued. I'm going to be sued. Mm. Uh, the Cyber Ninjas is going to be sued. Ben Cotton with Cypher is going to be sued. Everyone's going to be sued. We're all going to be going to court. And we're all going to be testifying about what we've said and what we've done, which is why we're being meticulous, cautious, and careful in everything we do and everything we say. And, and when she said that, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. So the reason why Karen Fan is not sounding in these interviews like a raging Trump supporter, like Wendy Rogers, is because Karen Fan is going to be taking the witness stand uh, in the coming months. And she's going to be asked to explain her public statements and things that she's tweeted, and things that she said about the audit, because they're going to try to discredit the audit and the results. After the results are, are announced, there's going to, those hundred attorneys from Perkins Coie are going to come and file lawsuits in Maricopa County Superior Court. Some of them will probably go to the Supreme Court. And Karen Fan and anyone involved in the audit is going to be, um, their tweets, their interviews are going to be entered as evidence and they're going to try to prove that the people who ran the audit were Trump partisans who only wanted to flip the election results and put Trump back in the White House. And every single interview that Karen Fan has done, and I've listened to, I think, every interview she's done over the last six months, in every interview, about five minutes into the interview, she says, look, I want to be very clear, and I've said this from the beginning, this was never about Donald Trump, and this was never about overturning the election. This is about uh, the fact that half of the voters in Arizona do not have confidence in our elections. And we, we felt in the Senate we needed to come up with a process where we could give the voters, restore confidence in the elections for the voters. This is not about Trump. Mm -hmm. And she keeps on saying that, and that those phrases, that, that attitude, is what pisses off Trump supporters because she, she, she's not telling them what they want to hear. <clears throat> now, in an interview that she did about a week ago, uh, maybe a little longer than that, with One American News, she said that the Senate does not have the authority to recall the electors. Uh, and that pissed off a whole lot of people. And it was unfortunate that the woman who was interviewing her didn't ask the other question, which is, well, would the House and Senate working together have the authority to recall the electors? Which somebody asked her this time, and she said, oh, yeah, well, the House and Senate working together can recall the electors. All right. Uh -huh. So here's the deal. She explained this in this last interview. She said, Karen Fan said that, and this is from her perspective. This is her opinion. And I'm sure this is based on the advice she's getting from uh, Culloden and maybe some other attorneys, but uh, Alexander Culloden, he is the um, attorney representing the Arizona Senate. He's actually running uh, for elected office, too. He's a good guy. Karen Fan's position right now is that this is all going to go to court. They're going to be sued. It's all going to be litigated. And a judge could order a new election. 
Hmm. And her position is, if a judge orders a new election, if a judge invalidates the election because of uh, obvious fraud or error, but at that time, the Senate and House in Arizona could, working together, put up a resolution to decertify the electors. And then if they get a majority in the House and a majority in the Senate, and I think the House and Senate right now have a one vote majority, Republican majority in both the House and Senate, which is why if one person like Paul Boyer votes against an election integrity issue, they, they don't get a majority. That'd be a tough <laughs> vote, though, wouldn't it? it? Yeah, it is a tough vote. But if a judge has already ordered that this is just where you have to look at it practically. If a judge orders the uh, November election here in Arizona to be basically nullified, mm-hmm. it doesn't then matter what the Senate and, and House do. The, the election is, is nullified. The results of the election are, are, are done. Uh, they, the judge orders a new election. You have to hold a new election. You can appeal that ruling. And like I said, it would probably, if it comes at, the Superior Court level, it would be appealed to the Arizona Supreme Court. It could go to the U.S. Supreme Court. If there's evidence, abundant evidence of fraud or error to where a judge is going to nullify the results of an election on appeal, it's going to be upheld. They're not going to, a judge is not going to overturn that order because there's obviously enough evidence. Overturning the results of an election is a huge step. Judge isn't going to do that unless there's massive evidence of fraud or incompetence or, or error or whatever. So Karen Fan's position is that if a judge rules to nullify the November election, then the House and Senate would be justified in putting up a resolution and voting on it to decertify the electors. At, the, at that point, it's, it, it's the common sense thing to do. Yeah. Uh, because then you have to have a new election. And then Katie Hobbs, Secretary of State, and uh, all the county election boards have to f- figure out how to put together a new uh, election. And this gets very complicated because the audit right now is looking at only the presidential and U.S. Senate races. But uh, Fan has said, and, and other people have said, that they could expand the audit to the down-ballot races Amen. across the state. And they could expand the audit to other counties so that hasn't happened yet but but if the judge nullifies the election is he nullifying the election for just a president president and senate all the races right so we don't know what's going to happen um but i think um based on what we've seen so far from the preliminary results that came out of that hearing with uh cypher and uh, cyber ninjas I think there's going to be abundant evidence of either malfeasance or fraud. I suspect a judge will rule that we need to hold a new election. I think that it's probably going to affect all the races because I think there (laughs) there was well over 100,000 ballots um, that came in that were printed on this thin paper that bled through that led to adjudication. Maricopa County by itself, Maricopa County, of the 2 million ballots in Maricopa County, over 200,000 of them, about 11%, went to adjudication. And adjudication, as we know, is the opportunity where they cheat. Mm -hmm. They take your ballot 
and you have your marks on there, it goes to adjudication and someone says, well, I think he voted for Biden. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me, right? And they can cheat that way. They can basically nullify the will of the voter in adjudication. And over 200,000 ballots in Maricopa County went to adjudication. When you look at that kind of, uh, that, that kind of uh, process, that leaves a lot of potential for fraud and malfeasance in the down ballot races, not just the presidential race. So I, I suspect they'll redo the entire election with all the, all the races on the ballot because, you know, you can't really tell which offices, which races that were incorrectly adjudicated, which, you know, ones were, and then you've got all the, the dead voters and all the voters who voted and then were not on the voter rolls when they voted. They were added to the voter rolls a month later. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a mess. And I think that um, I, I suspect that the judge is probably going to order a new election. Now, a lot of people are screaming and, and hollering because they want uh, just they just want Trump to be given um, the victory. And that could happen. Um, there's a lot of historical precedent for that. In, in a number of different elections, um, judges have just ruled that um, the second place finisher was given the office because of the winner actually cheated. And, yeah, and that could happen. A judge could rule that Trump wins you know, the presidency, but there's, like I said, there's other races involved. There's Senate races and there's all these other races. And what do you do about those? Do you flip the results of every race just because? And I, I don't know how the how the judge would kind of weed their way through the ballots and figure out which races need to be flipped and which ones don't. I mean, that's a very delicate procedure. To me, it would make more sense if the mechanism used in the election was fraudulent, then the entire election needs to be done over with a different system. Yeah. They can't use the same system. Well, yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you, too. <laughs> Oh, I, I think there'll be another election myself as well. But like, like this coming out, all the fraud, the level, the like, we have a lot of stuff. We've we've had this stuff for so long, right? But like, so it's got to be a paper ballot, though. I mean, it can't you can't be feeding it into these machines. Oh, it'll work this time, you know? Yeah, you know, like, we we got to totally. Hey, we're, we're not connected to the internet this time. We promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we promise. Uh, so we can promise. Yeah, it'll be different this time. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like, how do they even like, like, do you know, like, can you explain to us, like, how would, like, say they, they come out, it's fraudulent. They, oh man, look at these machines, this air like this. We're going to have to redo the election. It's going to be a paper ballot. Can you explain a little bit? Do you have a little bit, a little bit yeah. of inside information on like, yeah. how would it's, that it's go? It's actually a very simple process. It's not complicated. Although what they've done over the last, what they've done over the last, like, two or three election cycles here in Maricopa County is they have discouraged people from voting at their local precinct. Hmm. And they've encouraged people to go to the larger voting centers that they set up and vote there. We passed a law here in Arizona. And it says if you come in to vote and you on the day of voting and you vote at the wrong precinct, your ballot is invalid. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be counted. That's one of the election in uh, integrity measures that we passed. So I think going forward, what they're going to have to do, and Mark Fincham, 
is running for Secretary of State. He's running against uh, Michelle Eugenti Rita. And I don't know if you saw the blow up <laughs> on the, with Michelle Eugenti Rita. She got booed off the stage yeah. at the rally. Well, she's from Scottsdale. And a lot of people thought she was a, a good, solid conservative, but she got exposed because she went up against Kelly Townsend on all these uh, election integrity issues. And she refused to vote in favor of Kelly Townsend's election integrity bills. And like I told you, in the Senate, we have a one vote majority. And if one person bails on, on one of these votes, they don't have a majority vote and they can't yeah. pass it. Michelle Eugenti Rita was the one who torpedoed Kelly Townsend's election integrity measures. And if you go on to Kelly Townsend's um, Telegram channel, you can go back over the last three or four months and read all of the drama that was going on between the two of them. It, it reads a little bit like, oh, like a you know, high school uh, cafeteria spat. But, and, and I didn't know exactly what was going on, what was be motivating all this, what was you know, behind it, because it was obvious Kelly Townsend was having a lot of heartburn over Michelle Eugenti Rita. And I didn't know if it was just personality conflicts, but now that, that I've gone back and looked at some video of the, the, the Senate hearings, uh, Kelly Townsend explained in, in pretty clear language what Michelle Eugenti Rita was trying to do. She was basically undermining election integrity uh, while, while telling everyone she was all for election integrity. <clears throat> she was actually undermining the, the, uh, the bills that would change elections. And of course, uh, Michelle Eugenti Rita is running for Secretary of State and she can probably now withdraw her name uh, from that office because she's not going to win. She, yeah. She's not going to get any votes at all after getting booed off the stage yeah. and then getting into a spat with uh, Jordan Conradson from Gateway Pundit and having him thrown out of the venue and having a, him arrested. Uh, this whole thing has just turned into a, a big fiasco. But big shit, what I was going to say is, um, so we've got some voter integrity issues passed. Mark Fincham is running for Secretary of State for 2022. Fincham is um, proposing that we go to a new kind of a ballot that has that is watermarked, that has a some kind of a hologram embedded in it, special paper with serial numbers. Um, and it's, it's going to cost a little bit more to obviously come up with this high-tech ballot system. But he believes that uh, it would be virtually impossible to, to duplicate these, uh, the ballots, these new paper ballots. And you'd have uh, checks and balances that would be able to verify whether the, whether the ballots cast were legitimate or fraudulent. Well, it's so, kind of like our money, right, with the holograms. Yeah, and the right. Watermarks, holograms, all that stuff. Um, and and uh, Fincham is running for Secretary of State basically on an election integrity platform. And I think that if a judge orders a new election, it would make sense that they would order a new election that does not use these machines. But I'm going to assume, we don't know this yet, that there's going to be fraud found in the Dominion voting systems, machinery, the software, uh, connecting to the internet, were the votes being flipped from overseas, other countries probably, 
We'll yes, find out soon yes, yes, because yes. Uh, Michael and Bell's symposium is coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, but I, I'm assuming that that part of the system is going to be found full of fraud. I think the reason why the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors are withholding the routers is because they don't want anyone to know uh, that there was actually votes being flipped from overseas. Because yeah. you look at the routers, it's going to show the MAC uh, addresses and the IP addresses of where the traffic was coming from and where it was going to. Yeah. And I well, think we, that's why that, we already what? know they have that. I mean, they were watching the traffic. They were literally right. watching it in real time. So Right. Exactly. And if if they get the routers <laughs> and the IP addresses uh, are from China and Iran and Russia, that's that's like it's game over. Yeah. Um, then every state is going to need to be audited. Every yeah. state that uses those machines is going to have to be audited. Yeah. It, once they prove that foreign countries did in fact uh, have access to our elections, it's it's going to be game over. It would make sense to me if they find fraud in the electronic part of the voting, then they would have to go to paper ballots. Yeah. If, if it wouldn't make sense to, to do another election on the same rigged voting machines that, that you know the last one was done on so exactly i've shown on here back in november mm -hmm. like how how you and i could just walk up to one of those machines and get yeah. full admin rights yep. <laughs> you know? yeah i know you could do it i don't know that i could but i know you could <laughs> dave I, I it was so easy i and and like knowing your level of, com, uh, of computers you, you could do it you could totally do it yeah it's, it's not that hard yeah it's not Jackson uh, could do it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I would imagine that um, you know, just spitballing. Uh, when this is said and done, I would imagine that a judge is probably going to order a new election. Uh, I would envision that election being done on paper ballots at the precinct level. So what they do, and the reason why Florida is able to get their um, election results in on time by the end of the night every every year. Florida is the first state that has their uh, election results because is because it's all done at the precinct level. Mm -hmm. So you get people voting at the precinct level on paper ballots. If you do that, do it at the precinct level. There's not that many votes per precinct. You can ta tally those votes pretty quickly at the precinct level. Yeah. So you get everyone to vote paper ballots at the precinct level. The uh, precinct uh, people that are running that they report to a centralized uh, uh, center, and they tally the votes coming in from the precincts to the central election center, and they get all the votes counted. Uh, they do their uh, you know, whatever checks and balances need to be done, and the election results are done, ready to go by 8 or 9 o'clock in the evening after mm -hmm. the polls close. That's it's a, a standard system that is used in a lot of places. But in Maricopa County, they kind of, have, like I said, they've been encouraging people. First of all, for years, most people in Arizona have been voting by mail. It's, that's been the default for many, many years. Vote by mail is not a new thing here in Arizona. It's interesting to speculate that they may have switched to vote by mail here years ago as a test run to see if they could get vote by mail accepted in a in, in one state and then 
franchise that to other states when they needed to do it. Well, they use that as an excuse. Oh, mail-in balloting has been around for a long time. It's been uh, right. Great. That's what they did. They said, "Oh, you know, Arizona's been doing vote by mail for you know 16 you know, years for four election cycles. It's it's proven it's safe. There's no problem. Now we have COVID. Hey, let's let's do vote by mail." Um, Ninety percent of Arizona uh, voters vote by have been voting by mail for years, and uh, we don't know how rigged our system has been. I think the vote by mail option is going to be much less popular moving forward. I think, <laughs> you think? I think a lot of people are going to be demanding uh, voting the day of election in person on a paper ballot. Once, once the truth comes out about the vote by mail scam, I think it's going to make a lot of people uh, a lot more skeptical toward that system. Yeah, yeah. And and like okay, so we talk about all this. Okay, there's a couple of things like, well, I have so many questions for you, man. All right, so another thing that we got to think about too is if if they're not just the presidential election, but like you were saying, the down the down ballot stuff. Now all these people are involved in decision making and making laws. Right. What and, happens to the legislation that's been passed by people who did were not legitimately elected? And how far back does that go? There is a writ of quo moranto that was filed in Arizona Supreme Court by a group of citizens challenging um, everyone who was elected after 2018. Hmm. And a writ of quo moranto is basically it's a challenge. It's a legal challenge to an elected official and it challenges their legitimacy to hold office based on uh, whatever criteria are outlined in the writ. In this case here in Arizona, uh, the election machines that were used in the last two elections were not certified. Mm -hmm. It came out in a Gateway Pundit article in January that the election machines used here, at least in Maricopa County, I know for sure, were not certified prior to the election. When that information came out, uh, the county then quickly went out and had, uh, I don't know if it was ProVNV or which company, but they had them certify the uh, machines after the election. <laughs> but, but the election was run on machines that were not certified. Oh my God. And, and according to statute, you cannot run an election using machines that are not certified. So the writ of quo Oranto that has been filed here in, uh, in Arizona Supreme Court is based on the fact that the machines used in the election were not certified, is found to have been put into public office through a fraudulent mechanism. What happens to all the legislation that they've passed? Exactly. What happens to all of Joe Biden's executive orders? What happens to all those other, I mean, do you just undo all that stuff? I don't know. We're, we're in uncharted territory, and, yeah. and I really don't know where any of this goes, but it's going to be litigated, and it'll probably be up to a lot of judges to decide how uh, how this works. Now, wouldn't that make sense with, like, because, like, like un, uncharted waters right here, you know? I mean, there's so many <laughs> variables. I'm, it would seem like the military would need to step in to bring back rule of law. Hmm. The military, you say? Yeah. So I, I wrote an article um, yesterday, put it up on my website, 
where I, I kind of just walk through the process of what is going to happen over the next year. And what is going to happen over the next year is um, state legislatures are going to have a chance to make things right regarding uh, the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be given opportunities to do audits of the 2020 election. And we'll see what happens. But um, so, some state legislatures, Pennsylvania and Arizona and Wisconsin, they have begun their election investigations. I think we're going to see investigations or audits in a number of other states. It looks like Texas may actually get uh, an audit. Uh, looks like Oklahoma may get an audit. I think it's good that they audit some red states that Trump won. Yeah. Uh, just to prove to everyone that this is not purely about uh, flipping elections in, in states that Biden won. Yeah. I think it's good for states to audit uh, counties where where Trump won by a landslide and, and show people, hey, look, we're, we're looking at everything. Well, and, and I got to say this too, man. It, it's like, and, and it's totally like, I always feel a little awkward saying this stuff, but it's not all about Trump. It, it's, it's not all about Trump. It, it's not, you know, he taught us how to fight, he did all this stuff, but I mean, it's not all about him. And that's why, you know, it's so good that he's out of the picture. He's removed himself, yeah. even though the rallies are coming up. And that's one of the things I'm noticing going around the country too, and, and talking to different people is like, they're really making it about the fraud. They're really making it about yeah. these, these just complete uh, bad guys. I don't want, say. Yeah. I don't want people going to the state Senate, to the, to the state house, to local uh, elected offices that we did not vote for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not about Trump. It's about the integrity of the entire system Amen. from the people at the very bottom of the ballot to the very top of the ballot. Yeah. I don't I, want, he's been, I don't want a sheriff. Up. Yeah, he's been you pointing know? this stuff out for years, you know, so it, it's not all about him. Like you said, the sheriffs and sorry, I stepped on you, but no, no, that's all right. Yeah, but it's it's all elected offices. I don't want a sheriff who wasn't legitimately elected by the people. Mm-hmm. And I think here in Maricopa County, we have a sheriff who was not legitimately elected by the people. Yeah. And so it's it's not really about Trump. It is about election integrity for for the country. And like I said, I think um, other states are going to join in. I suspect that when the uh, results, the final results come out out of the Maricopa County audit, I think that the Senate is likely to order audits of other counties in the state. I think other states are going to be forced to do audits, even though they may not want to. Mm -hmm. And I think as more and more fraud is exposed, People are going to be shocked, and I think we're going to end up getting a lot more audits than, than people thought of. I would love so, to see him audit Broward here in Florida. You know, that's always like a yep. that's always like a sticking point. We've had all kinds of problems with Broward, so I would love to see him. You know, talk about states that, that were won by Trump. I would love to see a, an audit of Broward. Yeah, wouldn't that be interesting? Very. Yep. So the state legislatures are going to have an opportunity to look into the um, elections and then if they, wherever they do audits, once the audit results are made public, then it's all going to be challenged 
uh, by attorneys from Perkins Coie, probably. <laughs> and there, this could be a lot of legal challenges. And then the yeah. courts are going to have their say. So courts will be given an opportunity to weigh in on election integrity. But Karen Fan pointed out in this last interview she did that the Congress actually has a responsibility as well. That if the states do audits, find fraud, and decertify electors, then Congress has a responsibility to redo the electoral count that which happened on January 6th, right? So Congress is also going to have an opportunity to make things right. Mm. Karen Fan also said that if evidence of willful misconduct is found, she's going to make criminal referrals. Yeah. Right. So when once um, willful criminal conduct is found, that has to be turned over to the criminal justice system. Now, whether that's at the state attorney general level or the or the Department of Justice, I don't know. But the criminal justice system is probably going to have an opportunity to weigh in on election integrity issues. Well, I mean, even the way that they certify the the votes and stuff I mean, with what Pence was doing, they changed the wording and the way that they oh, talked yeah. about it. You know, Pence had a chance to to toss that out and to, and to get them to take a look at. There was a lot well, of things just about that on that day on January sixth too. Well, they want the you whole to look January sixth insur insurrection thing. Yeah, it was planned. Yeah, it was a planned op to to interfere with Dave. It was planned. What? But, but but you have to understand, what were they doing with this op? They, they did a number of things. They had a number of objectives, but one of them was to interfere with the ability of senators and representatives to object to the electors from various states. Yep. Because as soon as they got past uh, Alaska and they got to Arizona, that's when they pulled the pin and everything went to hell. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi did not want senators and reps to have the ability to object to the electors in the electoral count. So they pulled their op. Uh, they made this mess. They claimed it was an insurrection. They planned the whole thing. That just demolished the ability for anyone to object to the electors of, from any state. Yeah. And they got their way this time. But it's all going to be reviewed. <laughs> Yeah, and states are going to have another opportunity. Well, think right? about when they tried to impeach Trump again on that, and it was like, it was amazing how when they were like, "Oh, okay, we get to call witnesses," and they were like, "Oh, <laughs> now let's call Nancy Pelosi." <laughs> uh, maybe we don't want to have this proceeding anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I guess in summary, state legislatures, the courts. Congress and the criminal justice system are going to have opportunities in the next year to correct problems with the election. If they don't, if they fail to correct the problem, then you run into a very dangerous situation where you have a citizenry that is aware that their elections are rigged and you have all of these um, government agencies and public entities that are put in place to correct the problem and they're ignoring it. 
And that's where you run into the risk of revolution. You, you know, if you just look at history, look at countries around the world, whenever um, corrupt elections are discovered by the citizens and the elected leaders refuse to address it or acknowledge it, the next thing that happens is you either have a revolutionary war or you have a military coup. Mm -hmm. Depending on what the state legislatures do, depending on what Congress does, depending on what the criminal justice system does, and depending on what the courts rule, how they rule, we may or may not get to a point where uh, people decide to take up arms and take action and, and overthrow the government. Yeah. Now, I don't advocate overthrow the government. I've never endorsed violence against the government. I'm not uh, suggesting that that's the right thing. And I don't think that will actually happen. I suspect that the military will actually step in. Once sufficient evidence has been made public, once the courts have had a chance to weigh in, and every other entity, Congress and state legislatures, have had an opportunity to address the problem. If they don't, if they fail, if they refuse to act, at that point, I think the military will actually step in. Yeah. And we'll have a little intervention uh, from the people in uniform. Yeah, I hope I so. suspect that's how it's going to, it's probably going to go. Now, we're running out of time here today, okay? But I got to ask about this, okay? With all this stuff coming out, you know, and I mean, like, oof, the bands of the storm, they're many, but we're just sticking on this yes, one. Yes, we're hitting the rain bands, I think. Yes. <laughs> A year and a half ago, I was like, Dave, what do we do after the storm? You're like, it's not here yet, Greg. Um, but it's nice to hear you say the rain bands are coming in. Um, okay, so so we got the election fraud stuff coming out. We got the vaccine and all the COVID's falling apart and all this stuff. Okay. Now, a lot of people talk about the blackouts. They talk about like the, that coming down. Like, What are your thoughts on, like, as this information comes out, they don't want us digital soldiers, us patriots, us American people that are woke – uh, not woke, but awakened. Uh, they don't want us spreading this information. What do you see as we're getting closer to this stuff coming out? What are you seeing happening, and what do you think uh, is going to happen? Yeah, so we're already seeing the, the deep state tip their hand. Um, there's they always do. Every week, the degree to which they're um, censoring us on social media increases. Primarily right now, they're still working on the major platforms, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. They're trying to uh, keep the normies siloed in their little normie uh, <laughs> ecosystem, and they're trying to remove the bad actors, the patriots, the uh, far-right extremists. They're trying to censor them and drag them out of their little silos on social media yeah. to make sure that election fraud and questioning the COVID narrative, all of that is sort of sanitized from mm -hmm. the main platform. Then um, come after alternative platforms. Do they start trying to take down Gab, CloudHub, Telegram? Uh, they and, can't take down CloudHub. I'm sorry. They can't, they can't take it well, down. Well, right. But, but that doesn't mean they're not going to try. Oh, no, they're going to try. A lot of people thought they couldn't take down HN, but they did. I, I suspect there will be attempts to take down, either get removed from the app stores or go after the hosting or go after the domain name. There's a hundred ways you can take down uh, websites and social media platforms. Yeah. I suspect they'll start making attempts to um, it disrupt 
alternative social media platforms. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that, that probably won't work. <laughs> so then, oh, well, uh, look, you know, hey, look, uh, uh, we had Cloudflare has been down for three or four days and no one can really explain why. And we just lost 80% of the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's what we're going to see. You know, we're, we're going to see uh, content delivery networks like Cloudflare. They'll get hit. Yep. Oh, ransomware attack or, or whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, it it's could be ransomware attacks. That the FBI has mysteriously somehow figured out uh, how to obtain all the keys for these ransomware hacks. There Again, there's a number of different ways that they could do it. You could take down content delivery networks like Cloudflare. Mm -hmm. You could um, hack through, you know, backdoors um, into operating systems like Windows, iOS, um, and other operating systems. And if you just take the operating system down, <laughs> yeah. Well, internet's still there. You just don't have a, uh, an interface and a way to access the internet. Yeah. A lot of different ways they can do it. I, I think we'll probably see that as more and more information comes out. It's going to be very interesting to see what, if any, attempts are made to take the cyber symposium offline with the PCAP data in yeah. August 11th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. Um, I think that if they try to disrupt that cyber symposium, that is going to be very telling. And, and it'll give us um, an indication of what they're willing to do, what information, what, what they're afraid of, and what uh, tactics they're going to deploy moving forward. If we get a massive disruption of the internet, right around the time that Mike Lindell's symposium is going on. I think I that'll think be... Will. Yeah, I think that'll be a good indicator of, of what we can expect in the future. That'll be a, a trial balloon for them. It, you know, it's really hard to, to, to say um, with certainty whether all these internet outages that we've seen over the last, you know, three or four weeks are intentional or if they're just normal, you know, spikes and glitches in, in the system. I, I don't really know. But if we have significant internet problems or hosting problems or operating system issues or whatever, around the time of the symposium, I think that will be the best indicator of what we can expect going down the road. I've had a number of dreams recently in the last couple of months that um, I think portend troubles with the internet and social media in the future. Last dream that I had was within the last two weeks. Um, it was, the dream was very, um, it's confusing. I was trying to find people that I knew online and I was trying to connect with them. And it was very, very difficult. It was like the um, current normal social media platforms were all gone. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to, on, on this bare bones, kind of funky, weird internet messaging board system, I was trying to find people like you and people that I knew, trying to connect with them, and it was really, really difficult. And I've had a number of dreams like that over the last six months. Dreams that kind of foreshadow uh, just difficulty communicating on the internet in the future. Mm -hmm. I've had dreams about email issues where, um, where the normal email services people used just disappeared. 
yeah. like Gmail and Hotmail and all those, they were gone. People were having to switch to alternative email hosting services. I think that as we move forward, as the deep state gets more desperate, they're going to take more desperate measures. And yeah. I think I think we should expect difficulty with communications. I'm moving all my stuff off of Google-based um, services. Mm -hmm. I cleared all of my files off of my Google Drive. Everything switched over to a different cloud hosting service. I transferred all my Gmail to a, to a ProtonMail account, and I have a forwarding, auto-forwarding service that is forwarding all my Gmail now to my ProtonMail account, mm -hmm. and I'm responding to people from my ProtonMail. Uh, I'm pretty much trying to decouple myself from anything related to Google or Microsoft. Yeah. I think that's something that we should all consider doing because I think those services eventually are going to be yanked. Um, by the way, a lot of people don't know this. Google updated its terms of service yeah. uh, recently. And now, if you provide misinformation about election issues or misinformation about healthcare issues, that is considered to be a violation of Google's terms of service and they can take action on your account. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I'm already banned from a lot of Google stuff. I go in there and it's like, you're not allowed to use this. Yeah. I would just strongly recommend to people that you consider making an alternative plan, backup plan, transitioning away from things that are, that are based on Facebook, Google, and um, Microsoft. It's very difficult for a lot of people uh, because their logins for their bank accounts, for all their online accounts, they're using either their Gmail or their Facebook account. Yeah. And getting yourself untangled from, from the Google web is, is not actually all that easy. It's really uh, not. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're using like Google Sheets, Google Drive, Google Docs, a lot of the Google services, there's a, there's a lot of people right now who are still using those services and they should not be. They should be transitioning to something else. That, I think that's, that's what I'm seeing is, and that's what I'm somewhat concerned about, mm -hmm. is losing our normal ways of communicating you know, as a large group of people. Um, yeah. I think we're going to see some challenges in the future. And, and something I'm thinking about sitting here while we're talking about it, and I'm watching the chat and you know, like like we talk about the social media being taken down. We talk about like the Google and all that stuff. But I, I think in, in some ways, I think those of us that have been in this, especially us that have been in it for a while, I think I think that's the time where we're really going to shine because people are going to get scared, you know, that they're not able to get on. They're not able to communicate these things that we've taken for granted for so long, such as social media uh, is it, it may or may not be available or it'd definitely be limited. I think that is the time where we do what really scares them the most, and it's neighbor to neighbor, person to person, you know, talking in person, and, and we can really be the calm in that storm because we know a lot of things. We have the information. We've, we've been up to date on this stuff, not buying the narrative. Don't you think that's, like, where where that comes into play? Like, like we know about some terrible stuff for a while. I mean, I think about Jeff Brain all the time when he's you know, he talked to me. was like, oh, the level of knowledge in their head, right? It's, it's kind of scary, you know? But it's like, I, I think that's where it's really going to shine the most, where we can be that calm. Even the people that call this conspiracy theorists and crazy, they're going to be the ones that are turning to us like, what's up? Um, we have a lot of information 
And we have a perspective that is going to become much more valuable in the future. As the things that we've been talking about, the things that we've been warning our friends and family about actually come to pass, they're going to have no choice but to come to us and go, okay, wait a minute. You were kind of talking about this stuff like the last two years and now it's happening. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. It's already happening. Yeah. It's ramping up pretty quickly. Uh, and, you know, the deep state uh, is ramming their agenda down people's throats at light speed because they know they don't have a whole lot of time left. Yeah. Where they're in a race. They're in a race to push their agendas and get everything in place before the results of the audits come out. Mm -hmm. They're racing against time. That's why we're seeing everything ramp up so quickly and they're moving so fast to push their fascist agenda on us. And it's going to wake people up. (laughs) The the incremental creep of socialism over the last 50 years was nothing. A lot of people didn't didn't even phase them. But now that they're having, you know, uh, wokeism rammed down their throats, that all, all these crazy ideologies are, are, are being pushed by the Biden administration and school boards and you know, critical race theory got exposed finally and people are just, you know, reacting against it. They're, they're in a rush against time and they're going to run out of time. Yeah. They're going to have to try to force this down people's throats as fast as they can. It's going to wake up everybody. Well, they're going to choke on it. (laughs) Yep. And when people start waking up, they're going to revolt and, you know, get the torches and pitchforks because (laughs) that's what's coming next. (laughs) Yeah. And thank God, though, you know. Yeah. I mean, as much as it sucks and as much as like, well, why do we know this? How come, you know, uh, it's because. Precipice. Yeah. You and you really got to show the people. You can't I, I just yep. I hear Dave in my head all the time actually. The people you have know? to see it in person. They have to see they it for themselves. It. Yeah. 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 Well, it's kind of like California, right? I had to see it. I had to see that level of patriotism and American spirit out there. I'm totally I'm totally changed on California now, by the way. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was a good time. You know what else was a good time? Have a Medic Monday back again. It's so Have good a medic, medic Monday back. Yeah. Yeah, I missed yeah. you, brother. I uh, I missed you, too. <laughs> to get talking again. Yeah. People are definitely loving what we're doing together. I'm, I'm loving it, too. You know, you've been the calm in the storm for me for, you know, three years now. So, you know, I'm, I'm so glad to be on this journey and fighting with you and serving with you and and uh, from the response from people, no matter where I've gone in the country, I mean, it, it's resonating. So I, we just got, we just got to keep doing it. We got to keep doing it, and we will. Yeah, because nothing can stop Medic what? Monday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nothing can stop Medic Monday. That's for sure. <laughs> so, all right, buddy. Well, God bless you. God bless you too. Yeah, I'm gonna be keeping you in prayer. Yeah, you too. What's up with that cough, man? You got a little bit of a cough today, man. How can we be praying I, for you? Yeah, I've, I've got a respiratory infection that, going on. Is that the monsoon season? Is it stirring up a bunch of allergens be. and stuff? Yeah, and, and allergies. My allergies have been kind of raging uh, this summer. And so <clears throat> so I've been, I've been having some issues. Uh, if people want to pray for me, I would appreciate it. Um, it's a combination of allergies and, and a respiratory infection. So, yeah. 
Well, Lord, we just lift up Dave's lungs to you right now, Lord. We ask for those allergens and any irritants to just be gone. And, uh, Lord, we just ask for uh, clear breathing. And we thank you so much for Dave and Denise and all that they do. Lord, we just ask you to, uh, to bless him with some supernatural rest when he gets a chance to. And, uh, Lord, I just thank you so much for my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for, for praying for me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we love you, man. We love you. All right, guys. Well, I think I'll go out on Renegades. I go. Out, I'm gonna go out on like the Storm and Renegades. So that'll that'll wrap it up. But uh, God bless you guys. Nice to be back, Dave's. Nice to be back with you. And uh, yeah, we're gonna pull the whole thing down.